I want us to place our hands on our hearts and specifically ask the Lord for light. Light in our lives. Psalms 119. Can you all hear me? I want us to pray, put our hand on our hearts and pray for light, light. Psalms 119 verse 130 says that the entrance of thy word giveth light. The entrance of thy word giveth light and it also gives understanding. So I want us to pray that even as the word of God is coming, light is coming. That it will drive away every way of darkness out of our lives and every way of doubt, every confusion, every misunderstanding is being driven away even now by the Spirit of God in the name of Jesus. Miss Caroline, were you going to say something? Oh, okay. Hallelujah. So I want us to pray for light. I want you to sincerely tell the Lord, please give me light because we need light in this life. The whole world is full of darkness. And if you don't have light, you can't really see your way through life clearly the way you are supposed to see your way. And so we are asking that as the, the word of God is about to come, let there be light. Let there be light. The Bible says that the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, which means your spirit is a candle that the Holy Ghost must find expression upon to lighten the path of people because you are the light of the world. And if that light is not set up, if that light is not lit up for the benefits of the people of the world, which it means that other people are going to walk in darkness and they may not see their way through life and it will take your light to be able to brighten their way out of darkness. So we are asking for light. We are asking for light. We are asking the Holy Spirit to light up the candle of our lives. We have just a short life to live. We have just a few candles to burn, but we want to tell the Lord, take, make good use of this candle, Lord, and lighten it. Let it shine brighter and brighter. Jesus said, nobody lights up a light and hides it under a bushel, but rather it is set in a place where it will bright to affect everywhere that other people will benefit. So I want us to pray for light. Say, Lord, give me light. Give me light as your word is coming. Holy Spirit, find expression on my spirit. Find expression on my soul. Find expression on my heart. In the name of Jesus, this is beyond denomination. This is beyond being a member of a church. 
this is the place of the spirit where the Lord himself will find expression on your soul and use you to be an advantage into the kingdom. Because whenever God wants to tell a story about himself, he uses a person as a weapon. Become that weapon of light that God will use to bring glory into the lives of people. Ask God for light. Let it, let it be a sincere prayer from your heart. In the name of Jesus, lift up prayer. Find expression on my spirit, find expression on my life in the name of Jesus. Let's talk on Brekata Zipam Penlustumbe. I can't Sanande in the name of Jesus. Over every population, Lord God, there is light in the name of Jesus. Jesus. Amen. Amen. Babe, I can hear the children. Hallelujah. They just closed the door. I am teaching on a very important subject tonight and I will urge all of us to pay a very beautiful attention to the word of God that is coming. Amen. We are still dealing with the subject of prayer, but I want to talk about the power of testimony in the place of prayer. Somebody say testimony. Testimony. Testimony, come on. I want to talk about the power of testimony in the subject of prayer. Psalms 119, verse 111. Amen. Amen. Psalms 119, Amen. verse 119. Okay, let us start with Shanice. Then we go to Miss Caroline. Then we go to my wife. Let's see the different versions and what it says. Amen. Psalms 119, verse 111. Amplified version. I have taken your testimonies as a heritage favor for they are the joy of my heart amen amen um psalms 119 verse 111 um king james version um your testimonies have i taken as an heritage forever for they are the rejoicing of my heart. Amen. Okay, so I have um, the 
new international revised version and it says oh your covenant laws are your gift to me forever they will fill my heart with joy wow amen Bobby what does your version say Bobby I said the King James. Say King James. Oh, okay. Say that testimonies never I take King as an inheritance forever. They are the choice of Hallelujah. Amen. Testimony. Amen. I have taken thy testimony as an heritage. As an heritage forever. What is the meaning of the word heritage? From the dictionary, it says a property that descends to an heir or a legacy or an inheritance. Amen. Amen. Write this one down. Number one, testimonies are assets in prayer. Testimonies are assets in prayer. They authenticate the reality of God and by so doing, destroy every doubt. They authenticate. It's a little hard to hear you. Can you, really can you please mute that. yourself so that when I speak, everyone can hear? Thank you. Can everyone hear me? Is it clear now? Testimonies are prayer, are assets in prayer. They are assets. They authenticate. The reality of God and by so doing destroy every doubt testimonies are assets in prayer I'll explain it they authenticate or they prove they show evidence of the reality of God and when that evidence is shown, it destroys every doubt. So in order for you to receive answers to prayer, you need testimonies. Hallelujah. You need testimonies because... When a testimony is in place, it means you are at an advantageous position. The word asset means something that has an advantage or a resource. The word asset is something that has an advantage or a resource. I'm reading from the, um, the definition from the dictionary. It says advantage or resource. 
or something of wealth. Fortune. So, testimonies are assets in prayer. And what they do is that they prove or they show evidence of the reality of God. And when the reality of God is manifested, every form of doubt is cleared. Hallelujah. And so, it takes testimonies to secure your place in destiny. Because it will put you on a level where when you are approaching God, you approach God differently. Because what it tells you is that I have something, I have something the devil doesn't have. And it shows you clearly what God is capable of doing because there is a picture for you to look at. To encourage you, to push you forward, to make you come to God in prayer. You can't hear me. Bobby, over. Yeah, but it's messing up. The signal's not good. Bobby, over, why you mute if you? Can you all hear me now? Is it okay? All right. I was explaining that in prayer, you know, we've been talking about the subject of prayer, where Jesus said, we must pray. And the disciples came to him and they said, please teach us how to pray in Luke 11. 1. And we've looked at a number of things, so many different things that can give us a winning prayer life. And tonight we are dealing with the subject of testimony. Can you hear me? Is it clear? And I'm saying that David, understanding this, said that the testimonies of the Lord, he has taken it as an inheritance forever because they are the rejoicing of his heart. What it means is that when he look at what the Lord has done in the life of whoever the person is, it brings joy into his heart because it emphasizes on the fact that God is real and he's still working and he's still moving and God can also do something for him if God has done it for the person. So he keeps it as a treasure. Thy testimonies have I taken as an heritage forever. For they are the rejoicing of my heart. And I said, number one, testimonies are assets in prayer because they authenticate the reality of God. And when that reality is manifested, it clears every form of doubt out of your heart. So when you come to God in prayer, there is no doubt in your heart that God is going to do it because you have seen it do it in the life of a person or you have seen it manifest in somebody else's life. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 11 Verse 6. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Let us go there. Hebrews 11, 6. Okay, man. Please read it for us. 
Hebrews 11.6, Amplified Version. But without faith, it is impossible to walk with God and please him. For whoever comes near to God must necessity, I'm sorry, necessarily believe that God exists and that he rewards those who earnestly and diligently seek him. Amen. What does the King James Version say? Um, was, um, Bobo gonna say it? He has the King James too. Yes, he has the King James. And anyway, sorry, let me, that is my spiritual father. That is the one that trained me, fed me, brought me up all these years. And so that's my father right there. Amen. Hi, nice to meet you. Um, okay, so I take it out. I'll read it. Um, 11, chapter 6, or chapter 11, verse 6 um, says, uh, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. Amen. What does your version say, Kiara? You are muted. You can't hear me. Okay. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Those who come to God must believe that He exists, and they must believe that He rewards those who look to Him. Hallelujah. What this scripture means is that it says, without faith, which means faith is necessary, because without it, you can't do, have dealings with God. Because when you are coming to God, you must believe that he is real and that he rewards those who seek him diligently. In other words, you need faith to receive anything from God in prayers. And one of the ways to generate faith is by testimonies. You need faith to receive anything from God. I learned a great lesson from um, a father called Evangelist Rehan Bonke, who is dead and gone now, but he is in heaven. Glory to his name. Such a great man of God. The lesson I learned from him is that he said, all that God has for me, I can lay hold of them through faith. Every single thing, blessing that God has for me. It is through faith that I can lay hold on. So, when you are coming to God, you must have faith. If ever you are to receive anything from him in prayers. And how do you get faith? You get faith by testimonies. Now, when the Bible says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, the, the, the word of God actually testifies of the capability of God. Jesus said that search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life. For they are there which do testify. They do testify. So scriptures are there to show evidence of what God can do. 
Hallelujah. Let us look at what Jesus said. This is Jesus speaking. John chapter 5 verse 39. John chapter 5 verse 39. Amen. John chapter 5 verse 39. John 5 39. I have the Amplified Version. <clears throat> you search and keep on searching and examining the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. But yet it is those very scriptures that testify about me. So Amen. whenever you take the scripture and you are reading you are actually reading a testimony about Jesus. What is testimony? Testimony, they shows evidence of something that is authentic, something that is real, something that is not fake, something that is genuine. And so Jesus is saying that the scriptures actually are a world of a series of evidences of what God does and what God is capable of doing. And so, if you stand upon the scripture in prayer, what you are actually telling God is that, listen, I know you can do this because in Psalms 1, 2, 5, or this and that, it gives an evidence of what you have done before. And my Bible tells me you are the same God yesterday, today, and forever. You have no change. And therefore, I'm reminding you of what you are capable of doing. Do it, Lord. Hallelujah. So, scriptures are testimonies. And therefore, you need testimonies in order to receive answers to prayers. Amen. Number two. Write this one down. Number two. Testimony, they fortify your confidence in God. So that you are able to approach God boldly when you come to the throne of grace. Let me repeat it. Testimonies, they fortify your confidence in God so that you are able to boldly approach the throne of grace. Hallelujah. Can you say it one more time? Testimonies fortify your confidence in God. So that you are able to boldly approach the throne of grace. Boldly. Or you boldly approach the throne of grace. Are we learning something? Are you being blessed already? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Testimonies fortify your confidence 
Ah, I love this. Mako stuff For instance, let me give you a vivid example. Many years ago, there was a man of God called Idaosa. Idaosa was a little boy who was living with his, well, not probably living, but he used to attend a church. He had a pastor over him. And one day, the pastor came to him and said, Jesus said, You can raise the dead. And he said, What did you say? He said, Jesus said. And he said, Did you say Jesus said? He said, Yes, Jesus said you can raise the dead. And he asked the pastor, Do you think I can raise the dead? The pastor said, Yes, Jesus said it. And he did it. And he asked his pastor, Have you done it? His pastor said, No. He said, Can I do it? His pastor said, Yes. He said, Oh, okay. Then he took his bicycle, went from house to house looking for somebody dead to raise immediately after he was shown that testimony. That little section of what Jesus has done and the fact that he's telling us that we can also do it, it struck a chord in that young man and he went from house to house for hours looking for somebody who is dead just to raise the person from the dead. Finally, he got to a house, he met somebody's daughter that had died and by the time he left that house the child came back to life and in his in his life he rose a number of people from the dead hallelujah that that testimony he had about what Jesus had done and what he's saying we can also do, gave him a certain kind of confidence. It is not easy to go and preach to somebody, not to even go and say you are asking for people that are dead to raise from the dead. You are going to people, so is somebody dead here? Yeah, I want to bring the person back from the dead. Do you know the ridicule? Do you know the <laughs> insult? Do you know the all the funny things that are going to come to you? You know the challenges? Do you know the mental challenge you have to overcome to stand in front of people? Somebody is dead. You are sending him to the grave. You said you are coming to raise the person from the dead. You are calling the, the spirit of the person back from where it has gone to come back to the land of the living. But I came to tell you that you can also raise the dead. It's not just him. I and you can raise the dead. And I am looking forward to at least God using me to raise a number of dead people back to life. Because it's a command. It's part of the command. Apart from preaching, he said, we should heal the sick, cast out devils, raise the dead. It's a command he gave. Hallelujah. So testimonies, what they do is that they fortify your confidence in God. And therefore, when you are coming to God, you don't come with a timid spirit or timid mind. But rather, you come boldly. 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 You are bold in your approach. Because you know that you got a God who says it and does it. Hallelujah. The Lord spoke to me tonight. Not tonight, but in the afternoon. And it got me standing on my feet and I started praying. 
in Romans chapter 8, verse 32, the Lord spoke to me from Romans 8, 32, and it struck something inside me, and really, it really got me, you know, on my feet. Let me read what it says in Romans 8, 32, or somebody should read it for me. Please read it. <clears throat> he who did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? You know what that means? That is a real testimony there for me. He is telling me that the highest price that can ever be paid is to give me eternal life everything here is temporal and sometimes you gotta pay expensive money to enjoy some of these temporal blessings you want to watch a movie you have to pay a certain amount of money to get a ticket you want to travel you have to pay thousands of dollars to buy a plane ticket to city in that airplane if you want a certain level of comfort then the price must go high so that you will get to a certain level of comfort. And so there are a number of things you can pay money for. But each of them has an end. So if someone is giving you an asset that has no end. Then I don't know how much you can pay for it. And so the Bible is saying that of all the great things that can ever be done for me. He did give me eternal life by sacrificing his son on the cross. If he's willing to go to that extent, what? how else do I doubt him? With, on which grounds can I doubt him again? If this is the extent he's been able to go, by not sparing his own son, by giving him, giving him, giving him up to die on the cross, though, then a thousand dollars is something very little for him to do. Then getting, giving me a wife is something very little. Then giving you a husband is something little. Compared to sacrificing his son. And to me that was testimony. And it struck something inside me. To, to let me know that when I'm approaching God in prayer. I have to understand this one thing. That he is going to do it. He has already done it because... He, is, he went to the extent of killing his own son for my sake. How much more a shoe? How much does a shoe cost comparing the life of his son? And it set me upon my feet and I began to praise him. I said, hallelujah. That was a revelation for me right there. I don't know about you, but that was a testimony. It is a testimony. He said, if he did not spare his own son, look at the picture he's presenting to you. This is a picture that he didn't spare his own son. But give him up so that you may have eternal life. What else can he withhold from you? Because that's the highest level of sacrifice. Amen. That's the, that's the highest level of sacrifice. It's, it's like somebody telling you that if I can buy you an airplane, how difficult will it be for me to buy you a toothbrush? Yeah, that's that. If I can go to the stand of buying you a, a whole private jet, 
Comparing a private jet to a toothbrush, toothbrush, which one is more expensive? You understand? And so if he's been able to buy you an airplane, then come on. When you are coming to him, you are very relaxed and confident. You know that oh, toothbrush is very easy. That is what is the Bible is talking about. If he did not spare his own son but gave him up for us, shall he not with the same person give us all things? Matthew 7, 11 says that if we then be evil, know how to give good gift to our children, how much more will our Heavenly Father give good things to them that ask him? That is testimony. So it strengthened my confidence in God. And it gave me a solid foundation and ground to stand upon even when I come to God in prayer. Listen, testimonies are powerful. They are assets. They are treasures in prayer. If you have a testimony, you know that your prayer is answered. You don't approach God in, with the spirit of doubt where you are shaking. You, you are not sure whether he will do it or not. Because you know he's done it for somebody else. He can do it for you. One of the things that helped David to defeat Goliath was the testimony he had. Did you know that, that one of the things that made David defeat Goliath because of the testimony he had? Let us go there. First Samuel chapter 17. First Samuel chapter 17. Hmm. You see that this guy was able to approach a whole giant based on a testimony. He was able to approach a whole giant. That single giant stopped thousands of warriors. Thousands of warriors could not approach the giant. The thousands of warriors could not come together to fight one giant. Even though they've been warriors from their childhood. But David, when he came, he said, I have a testimony. And I know that uh, I can defeat this guy because of the testimony I have. And let us look at the testimony. Amen. David, David was sent by his father, Jesse, to go and give groceries to his brothers who were on the battlefield. When he got there, he realized that the whole army of Israel were afraid because a giant is cursing them, is insulting them, is cursing God, is saying all kinds of things that are not right. And they were afraid. And David decided to ask a question. This guy that is bluffing over there, if I finish him right now, what would you give me? And his own brother came and said to him, I know you are a very stubborn boy. Get out of here before you are killed. Let us read it. First Samuel chapter 17. Let's start from verse 26. Mm? To verse 37. First Samuel from 26 to verse 37. If you are there, read it. 
but does anyone else want to go? I don't want to keep, you know. You said, I'm sorry, you said, what, what was the chapter in the verse, Pastor? Chapter 17, verses 26 to 37. Said chapter 26? Yes. Chapter 17. Chapter 17. Okay. Okay, amen. Did you say Psalms? First Samuel. First Samuel. First Samuel chapter. 17. Well, it's at the root, G. Okay. Amen. Amen. Okay, I'll, I'll read. Um, <clears throat> First Samuel seventeen twenty six through thirty seven. Okay, then David spoke to the men who were standing by him. What will be done for the man who kills this Philistine? and removes the disgrace of his taunting from Israel. For who is this uncircumcised uncircumcised Philistine that he has taunted and defied the armies of the living God? The men told him that is what that is what will be done for the man who kills him. Now Elab, his oldest brother, heard what he said to the men and Elab's anger burned against David and he said why have you come down here with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness I know your presumption overconfidence and the evil of your heart for you have come down in order to see the battle but David said what have I done now was it not just a harmless question? Then David turned away from Elab to someone else and asked the same question. And the people gave him the same answer as the first time. When the words that David spoke were, the, were heard and the men reported them to Saul and he sent for him. David said to Saul, let no man's courage fail because of him, Goliath. Your servant will go out and fight with the Philistine. When Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this, this Philistine to fight him, for you are only a young man, and has, and he has been a warrior since his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant was tending his sheep, his father's sheep. When a lion or bear came and took a lamb out of his flock, I went out after it and attacked it and rescued the lamb from its mouth. 
And when it rose up against me, hallelujah, I, I seized it by its whiskers and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear, and his uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, since he has taunted and defied the armies of the living God. David said, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion, hallelujah, and the paw of the bear, he will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and may the Lord be with you. Then Saul dressed David in his garments and put a bronze helmet on his head, hallelujah, and put a coat of mail armor on him. Then David fastened. Oh, I'm sorry. You I'm just sorry. just finish the story. You just go ahead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> then David fastened his sword over his armor and tried to walk, but he could not because he was not used to them. And David said to Saul, "I cannot go with these because I am not used to them." So David took them off. Then he took his shepherd's staff in his hand and chose for himself five smooth stones out of the stream bed and put them in his in his shepherd's bag, which he had, that is, in the shepherd's pouch. With, with his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. Amen. Amen. Oh, you want to end here? Okay, no problem. Hallelujah. Oh. Uh, uh. <laughs> we would have gone ahead to see how it ended, whether he was right or not. But you see, listen carefully to the statement Saul said to David. He said, you can't fight this guy because you are a child. You are a youth. This guy has been fighting battles. It doesn't matter how little you are. If you have a confidence if you have a testimony, you can defy Goliath. You can shake mountains. You can pull mountains down. You can shake them down. That's why I love my wife's song. Eh? Shake up what's now. Even the way the song starts with fire itself, I am I am excited. I tell you. When I hear the song, it's fire. Eh? It doesn't matter whether you are a child, but if you have a testimony. You can go to places where people would think you can't go. If you have a testimony, the Lord can take you and make you ride on the wings of wings. Where you begin to fly up in the sky with the eagles. And you'll be able to enter into the dimensions of the grace of God. Where people who doesn't have testimonies cannot go. I came to tell you that you need to hold, hold, lay hold on a testimony. That will cause you to ride high above the stars. He said to him, I am not coming to fight against this guy because I am a young boy. But it's because I have a testimony. I had a fight with a lion and a bear. And I was able to defeat both of them. And I was able to defeat them not because I was skillful. But because the Lord God of heavens held my hand. And with my bare hands, I opened up their jaws. And that same God 
who gave me that victory is able to give me victory again. I don't care how high the problem may look. I don't care how strong it may seem. I don't care how the opposition may look like. But I came here with a testimony that the same God that delivered me out of the mouth of the lions will deliver me from this one again. And I will kill him and he will be like a dog. What testimony do you have that you are taking up in prayer? Testimonies are assets in prayer. That is why I remember the second day I decided to obey the voice of the Lord to launch out into a crusade. We traveled, the Lord spoke to me and said, travel to a certain village. We traveled to that village. I went with a couple of friends. For the first time, I mean, I've been to Bible school, I've heard all kinds of testimonies of people, raising people from the dead, praying for sick people. But now it was my turn. And I remember I was the first person to start the crusade. And I was very nervous. I was shaking. And to be honest with you, I didn't know what to do. And I spoke with one of my friends who I've, I have seen him prophesy deep and accurately to people with testimonies. And I went to him. I said, Charlie, you, you have been doing this. So you start first. He said, no, you go and start. I said, ah, how do I start this? Thing? I can't do it. But suddenly he told me I should go. Suddenly I went to take my Bible. I don't know how it happened, but as if the, vo the voice of the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, hoping to where Jesus said, I give you power over all the power of the enemy to tread upon serpents or scorpions. And immediately the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, check the meaning of the word power. So I checked the Greek meaning of the word power and the definition was that I give you authority. I give you authority. I said, oh. So it is not my authority, it is his authority. And I went and I preached a powerful message. I preached why many people believe in Jesus. And I gave a number of reasons why people believe in Jesus and why they also must believe in Jesus. And when I finished the message, I stretched out my hand and I said to them, the Lord said in his name, I will cast out devils. And which means in his authority. Anybody that is sick here, yes, stand up and come. And they came out about 11, 13, I can't really remember. 50-year-olds, 40-year-olds, different people. I was like, what? They all came to line up. Macklin was standing right by my side. And I lifted up prayer. I, I remember the time i spoke in your in the name of jesus i'll be able to cast out these um, devils because he told me in his, his authority the pastor friend that has already been doing miracles that i was there with with other ones i looked at his face and he shook his head he said yes he clapped his hands for me he said yes and as i stood there different types of sicknesses arthritis abdominal pains hey all kinds of sicknesses I lay my hands on this one. I pray. I lay my hands on this one. I say, Macklin, check, check, confirm with them. Then I kept on going, going, going. At a point, I started doubting. From the place I started doubting to the last end, all of them, when I prayed for them, they said they didn't receive their healing. 
And I had to pray the second time again. The second time, I said, Lord, please forgive me. I was saying it in my mind. They didn't see it. I was saying it in my mind. I said, Lord, please forgive me. And I started speaking in tongues. I didn't even pray. Oh, spirit of whatever, I cast you out. I said, no, let me speak in tongues. Let me speak in tongues. And I spoke in tongues. I laid my hands on them, every one of them. And every single one of them, by the glory of God, I come Benasata. Nobody went back the same way they came. And I wish somebody had recorded that video. And fortunately, somebody recorded a little portion. And sometimes I post that video on my WhatsApp status. And when people see it, they are like, wow, man of God, the Lord is using us. I say, yes, the Lord, of course, is using us. I tell you, from that day, I was it gave me a confidence to pray for sick people. I myself... I went to people's homes in an estate. I went. I said, please, who is somebody sick here? I pray for people in their rooms. They receive healing and I take videos of the people and how they are jubilated. I remember I prayed for one old woman. She couldn't walk. She said she was attacked by armed robbers and they broke his legs. So she couldn't walk. And I laid my hands on her. I preached and I laid my hands on her. She was in the room with her entire family. She started jumping and shouting all around. I tell you, from that day, it gave me confidence. Whenever I go anywhere, I pray for sick people. I lay my hands. You understand? So testimonies are very, very important. They are assets. They are treasures. If you have a testimony, oh, I come standing on. You can defeat a Goliath. I came to tell you, young woman, I came to tell you that you need to lay hold on a testimony. Maybe your testimony may not be as wild as somebody else's testimony, but you still got a testimony that can put you in a place where you can secure another answer, another victory from God. Just take a look at your life and see how far God has brought you. And you begin to ask yourself, how did I even survive this? How did I come through this? How was I able to come all these years out of this financial difficulty? Yes, some years ago, I was homeless. I had no money. I had no food. I had no car. But how? look at how far the Lord has brought me. I am still alive. And if I am alive, the Lord is going to take me to a place that is glorious. For he said in Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, a plans of peace and not of evil, to bring you to an experience expected end to give you a future and a hope hallelujah so david overcame goliath by the power of testimony he knew he could not have killed the lion and the bear by his physical strength at his age amen since it was god that gave him the victory he believed that he could give him the victory again with goliath's head Hallelujah. Number three. I don't want to keep you waiting. I'm, this is my last point. That will continue some other time. Come again. Got 20 minutes. Yes, please. Thank you. The third point. Write this one down. <laughs> Most testimonies are reproductions of other testimonies. Most testimonies are reproductions of other testimonies. 
they are pointers to your heritage showing you what is available to you in god and how you can access the same by standing correctly on the covenant let me start all over again <laughs> most testimonies are reproductions reproductions of other testimonies they are pointers to your heritage or your inheritance showing you what is available to you in God and how you can access the same thing by standing correctly in the covenant they are pointers to your heritage showing you what is available to you in god showing you what is available to you in god and how you can have access to this thing by standing correctly in the covenant write this last one down the fourth one i have 20 minutes write this last one down when you are face to face with oppositions setbacks or obstacles when you are face to face with oppositions setbacks or obstacles when you are face to face with oppositions setbacks or obstacles you can remind god of his previous act you can remind god of his previous act in your life and in the lives of other people to provoke him to act again you can remind god of his previous acts in your life and in the lives of other people to provoke him to act again because he is the same yesterday today and forever hebrews should i repeat the statement again when you are face to face with oppositions setback or obstacles you can remind god of his previous act or doing in your life and in the life of other people 
to provoke him to act again because he is the same yesterday today and forever hebrews miss carola i can see you are very excited <laughs> Hebrews chapter 13, verses 8. It's our first scripture. Hebrews 13, 8. Yeah. Then Malachi chapter 3 verse 6. Malachi chapter 3 verse 6. These two scriptures, we are reading it quickly. Okay, I have Hebrews 13, 8. Yes, please, go ahead. Jesus Christ is eternally changeless, always the same yesterday today and forevermore amen read malachi chapter 3 verse 6 for us and then we can read the, those same two scriptures from different versions okay malachi 3 6 for i am the lord i do not change but remain faithful to my covenant with you that is why you, O sons of Jacob, have not came to an end. Come to an end, I'm sorry. Amen. Amen. Other versions. Um, chapter 3, verse 6, um, Malachi. Um, For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, all of you sons of Jacob are not consumed. Amen. Amen. Anybody else has any other version? National Revised Version. This is Malachi 3 and 6. Okay, so it says, I am the Lord. I do not change. That is why I have not destroyed you. 
members of Jacob's family. Okay. I am the Lord. I do not change. 